Hello and welcome to the World Resources Institute Big Ideas Into Action podcast. And in this episode, we're off to the Pacific to hear about the climate finance challenges facing one island nation. Floods, sea level rise, coastal erosion, ocean acidification, small island developing states are at the forefront of the effects of climate change. And how COVID has made those challenges even harder to meet. Businesses closed, a lot of workers were laid off, they didn't eat, they just had everything kind of crumble. They really just went into survival mode. This is the Big Ideas Into Action podcast from WRI, with me, Nicholas Walton. In this episode, we're in Fiji. The fish market is on docks. All of the fish is laid out on carts on the ground. Most of the fish are still alive, like the crabs are bundled and their claws are moving. And it's a very, very, very overwhelming smell of ocean. And then you have fishermen kind of on the boat throwing fish up to their business partners on the dock to lay it out. It feels very scrappy and, and real. This is Caitlin Smith of the World Resources Institute. I work as an advisor to the Climate Change Division and the Ministry of Economy. Um, And we work on kind of understanding how Fiji uses climate finance, how it can better use the finance it does get, and then how it can get access to more finance. We started in Fiji in February of 2019. Being able to work within the Climate Change Division on a day-to-day basis really changes my understanding of how complicated it is for countries who are facing really, really, really severe climate risks to secure the support that they need how they need it. To get an idea why this support, these millions of dollars in financial assistance from abroad is necessary, take one look at the most beautiful and fragile parts of Fiji. Here's Caitlin again. Saviuni is known as the Garden Island. It's the third largest island in Fiji. It's mainly known for its diving. It's really close to the Rainbow Reef, which is always ranked as one of the top dive spots in the world. The bay is normally just flooded with vibrant green and pink corals that support fish, stingrays, sharks, everything that people love to see underwater. And that bay has experienced a lot of kind of climate impacts. You have had a lot of coral bleaching events. The diving and the snorkeling is not as good as it once was. Um, Cyclone Winston came through six years ago. It effectively was like a tornado along the bottom of the ocean. And it just ripped out a lot of the corals that once made that area really, really, really rich and abundant. Cyclone Winston was the most damaging extreme weather event to hit Fiji in recent years. And as Prashant Chandra, who works as a consultant for WRI in Fiji, says that cyclone and other impacts of climate change are having a devastating effect on the country's economy. Small island developing states are at the forefront of the effects of climate change. Uh, We have seen uh, Fiji facing cyclones year in, year out, I think from since Cyclone Winston in 2016, about 13 or 14 cyclones have struck uh, Fiji and the Pacific since now. Uh, and this, this has hugely contributed towards uh, the fiscal uh, implications as well. I mean, there is a downfall in fiscal resources and GDP uh, when uh, the effects of climate change as is tropical cyclone floods, uh, sea level rise, coastal erosion, ocean, ocean acidification. 
extreme rainfall these things start to happen uh, in Fiji uh, for instance TC Winston in 2016 I think it ripped off around one third of the GDP of uh, Fiji in just around 36 hours you can hear it a lot in the stories people tell when I was last there a lot of people were talking about this huge drought that was hitting the western half of the country which is where a lot of the produce comes from and so what it means is then Subsistence farmers who are typically able to kind of just let the land cultivate and nourish the crops lost their crops. They weren't able to get the same abundance and the same supply. And then I've heard a lot of the same thing with the fish. And that is more of a mix of flooding and storm surges and cyclones and stuff like that. The coral reefs are not as vibrant and not as healthy as they used to be. And with that means just a smaller supply of fish, a smaller supply of prawns, a smaller supply of crabs. Um, and so it's kind of like shaking the foundations of a lot of communities that have long relied on the land to provide their livelihoods. Climate finance plays a critical role in helping a country like Fiji meet the challenge of more climate change. Fiji needs money so that its communities can adapt to these challenges. Money is also needed to help the country play its part in mitigating climate change by reducing emissions and shifting to a low-carbon economy. And it's passed laws to help the government coordinate its response to the crisis. Prelish Lal works for Fiji's Ministry of Finance. He says that before the COVID pandemic, the country was making progress. It funded 60% of its climate action itself and relied upon the international community only for the remaining 40%. Domestically, in the three years prior to the pandemic, we used to have what is known as the Environmental and Climate Adaptation Levy, which helped Fiji to generate domestic public financing. Um, the Environment and Climate Adaptation Levy was a surcharge on tourist activities, luxury vehicles, yachts, and high-income owners. It had generated almost $270 million Fijian dollars specifically for environmental and climate-related projects and helped the government supplement a lot of its uh, key funding. These supported projects to climate-proof our roads, secure a clean source of water for our communities and coastal seawalls to protect our vulnerable communities from cyclone and storm surges. We're also trying to incentivize the private sector investment in this space. Our Climate Change Act requires companies and state-owned entities to disclose their climate risk so private investors can ensure that investment are climate-informed. These steps that Prelish Lal describes are part of a framework that Fiji has been putting in place to ensure that it can meet the climate challenge, from coordination through to spending priorities, risk management and investment. Fiji has also been looking to innovative solutions, including one that's named after a local canoe. Here's Dan Lund of the Drua Incubator. So a Drua is basically a traditional sailing canoe in Fiji, and it's sort of a symbol of strength and resilience and ability to kind of work with the environment and an example of indigenous technology and, and innovation. So the Drua Incubator is a subunit within the Ministry of Economy dedicated to developing financial products rather than projects. So we're, we're looking at the kind of new and emerging concepts such as parametric insurance, green and blue bonds, um, SDG bonds, coral reef insurance, various sort of emerging financial concepts that require more sort of homegrown localization to understand, A, will they be useful, and, and, and B, how can we use them if they are indeed applicable to the context. 
One of the products that Dan mentioned is parametric insurance. Here's how that particular product works in the Fijian context. This product is really uh, aimed at vulnerable farming communities who stand to lose a lot if they're hit by a disaster event. They lose their crop or they could lose infrastructure or their homes and would struggle to be able to recover financially from that in the near term. These are the difference between being able to get by and really struggling. Last year, we piloted this with over 1,300 community members in different parts of Fiji and areas that had different risk profiles. And the uh, parametric insurance has been designed to be triggered when a certain uh, wind speed is met. Uh, so irrespective of whether damage is actually incurred, if that wind speed gets to a certain threshold, then a payout is made directly to that policyholder and funding is sent via mobile phone. You're listening to WRI's Big Ideas Into Action podcast, in this episode focusing on the climate finance challenge faced by Fiji. So far, we've heard about the beauty and fragility of Fiji's natural landscapes and the threats posed to its economy and communities from the impacts of climate change, complex and expensive challenges such as tropical storms, rising sea levels and the loss of coral reefs. We've also seen how it's been making progress in dealing with this challenge, raising money, getting organised, looking for innovative financial instruments to help its people deal with the crisis. But however much progress was being made before, one thing has made the challenge even harder. COVID to me really highlighted that Fiji is kind of at the whims or the mercy of the rest of the world. In 2020, as the COVID-19 pandemic swept around the world, the economies of countries like Fiji that are heavily dependent on tourism suffered even more than most. Fiji relies on international tourism for 40% of its revenues. And Fiji shut its borders to international tourists for two years because they didn't have the medical infrastructure to handle a huge outbreak. And the result was A lot of people just didn't work for two years. Businesses closed. A lot of workers were laid off. They didn't eat. They just had everything kind of crumble. I think they issued a lot of debt. They cut a lot of services. They really just went into survival mode. That was Caitlin Smith again, highlighting how COVID crippled the economies of many vulnerable countries, while also forcing them further into debt to survive. Here's Prelish Lal. Our climate funding has significantly suffered due to COVID-19. And the result for our dramatic budget cuts to critical projects to adapt in the agriculture sector and protect our marine ecosystem and decarbonize our economy. With the global impact of COVID-19, a lot of our resources globally is now becoming to be reorganized to more healthcare sector and more economy development. In doing so, inevitably, our climate action funding has been impacted. The financial hit from COVID that Fiji suffered was not just at home. The economies of richer countries also suffered. And while they might be better able to cope with this impact, it also means that they have less money available to help out countries like Fiji. But there are some bits of good news, including a pledge that the United States has made for Pacific Island countries and a rising level of international awareness of how serious and urgent the climate change solution is. But, says Caitlin Smith, the finance question is not just about the money on the table. There's a quantity and a quality dynamic to climate finance, right? So I think the quantity being that the supply of available finance is sufficient to meet countries' needs. And then the quality being that the money that does come in actually goes to the kind of most critical priorities 
for adaptation or mitigation is actually going to change conditions on the ground. And I think what we're seeing right now, kind of post-COVID, is the quantity is still not enough, but it's come a long way. But the quality is where I think a lot of attention needs to be given because the quality is not quite there. Caitlin's emphasis on the quality as well as the quantity of climate finance is telling. WRI's work on the ground in Fiji is about bringing expertise and capacity to the country's government so that it spends money in the right places and in the right ways. After all, every country is different and the way that they each experience the challenges of climate change also varies. The structural complexity of navigating climate finance and securing and directing climate finance in these climate vulnerable countries, that's universal. A lot of kind of climate vulnerable countries, so thinking of the SIDS, the um, least developed countries, regardless of the geographic region they're in, face a lot of the same structural problems, right? These countries already carry a fair amount of debt from trying to develop within the kind of modern system. They have limited government resources. They are extremely exposed to climate events every year. And those climate events add hundreds of millions of dollars shock to the government revenues. And their economies are very dependent on stable climates. Getting climate finance right is a critical part of the global response to the climate change challenge. Many of the countries that will be hardest hit are also often the poorest. Those countries, like Fiji, need money to help their communities and economies adapt and make them more resilient and also play their part in mitigating climate change by reducing emissions. That's why the $100 billion target for climate finance is so critical. And because so many vulnerable countries took on even more debt during COVID, it's important that the finance isn't just in the form of loans that long term put even more pressure on these countries. And it's not just about money. It's about helping Fiji and others use the money and resources in the most effective and relevant ways. You know, when we were in Tavayuni, we went to this village that's getting inundated with high tides because sea levels are rising and the coast is eroding. And we went um, on a site visit to try to help figure out if you could use mangroves, boulders and grass to build a seawall to kind of protect the village. And the chief told me that that village has been there for more than 500 years. And, you know, they want to stay there. And, and there's just this kind of justice to me that comes with recognizing that these villages don't generate emissions. They don't ask for much. There's a commitment to kind of being connected to the land and the community. And climate finance is really all about making sure that those communities are remembered, right, are, are brought along in solving this problem that they had nothing to do with. And I think it's easy to forget that sometimes. It's easy to get lost in financial instruments or it's about debt policy or all these other things. But no, the whole purpose of it is to ensure that the communities and the people are really able and treated as part of the solution. Caitlin Smith of the World Resources Institute, ending this special deep dive on Fiji and the issue of climate finance. If you want to investigate further, you can find out more at wri.org finance. And the Twitter feed is at WRI finance. If you're on the website, have a look at the back catalogue of podcasts which cover solutions to climate challenges across the globe, from Rwanda to Brazil and from Jamaica to Cameroon. You can also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's all from me, Nicholas Walton. Goodbye for now.